Welcome to the Rich Feet Podcast with Dr. Tanisha Richmond. This podcast is sponsored by the Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic, where they specialize in happy feet. Each episode highlights the best of Dr. Richmond's radio show, providing bite-sized clips of advice. Let's jump right into the show. You know what today is. It's Footsteps for Life with our local podiatrist and foot specialist, the one, the only on this 81 degree day. Oh, just beautiful day today. Yes, it is. Dr. Tanisha Richmond. It is a beautiful day today. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored and trying to stay cool. We, we long for these days, and here they are. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I was Steve shopping bugs, for ice cream. Steve bugs, oh, yeah. Bugs. Well, yeah, this, I haven't seen any yet, but they've been talking of like it's the coming of, I don't know. They're only going to be here like two weeks, and then they go away. And they go away for another 17 or so years, and we'll be happy about that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's part of life. It is. They don't seem to no, they don't they bite. Look yeah, all. they mm-hmm. said they will not bite you. They just said make sure not to let your pets eat them because they'll make your pets sick. Yes, so be careful. <laughs> pet owners, pet lovers, be careful. Yes, if you see them chewing on a cicada, <laughs> get it out of their mouth. Otherwise, you may have to take them to the vet <laughs> ER. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we're excited because on the fourth Saturday of the month, we are excited here on WDAO, that's AM 1210 and FM 102.3, to have you uh, sponsor and host your own show that you've had for many, many, many years here. Yes, it's on, been a long time. It has been a long time, and we're very happy to have you. You bring so much uh, wealth of knowledge and information. And the one, I guess, what one of our callers described you as, she brings a lot of character. <laughs> character? Yeah, yes. Like, That's okay. I like that. Uh-huh. That's great. All positive. Yeah. She it all positive. She loves it. And she says she cleans her house. And while her husband's in the yard, she's cleaning the house and listening to your show. So, oh, welcome, okay. everybody. This is Footsteps right. for Life. Um, Dr. Tanisha Richmond is a local podiatrist and foot specialist at Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic, located just down the street from us at 1323 West 3rd Street. That is West Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Way. You can reach her at 937 937- Two two eight three six six eight, and of course you can visit uh, her website at richfeet.org. And of course, if you want to email her, some of you have asked us to share the email a little bit more often, and we know you email lovers love to do that. <laughs> so it's richfeet one, and that is the number one. So it's richfeet one at gmail.com. That's richfeet one at gmail.com. Doctor Richmond will be happy to take your. Uh, suggestions, comments, uh, questions on her Gmail, and you can always visit her website where she has a lot going on. On her website, <laughs> yes. and my other website as well, the Rich Feet Boutique. Rich Feet Boutique. Tell us about the boutique because everybody likes to hear about the boutique. <laughs> well, actually, I actually worked on my Shopify page this week from a lovely website. It's called Fiverr. And if anyone's out there needing anything done with their website, social media, it's a lovely site. You pay people to help you get your work done. And my site is richfeetboutique.com. I just updated it, added more pictures, added new styles. We just added a breast cancer awareness shirt, a style that can be ironed on t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. And actually all of our face masks now are $5. So if you still need 
face masks for places where you still have to wear face masks. You can be stylish and safe at the same time. Um, in the boutique as well, we just ordered a bunch of, it's called Dr. Remedy Toenail Polish and Fingernail Polish. So it's anti-fungal toenail polish. It's in a bunch of beautiful colors. Actually, if you go to DrRemedy.com, you can see some of the colors or stop by the store. Those are $20. And I offer those to patients because there's always these statements where people are told they can't paint their toenails and you can but if you would like to treat your fungus at the same time as painting your nails you can come to my office and buy some of the polish so you can clean up and look stylish at the same yeah, time yeah and treat your toenail fungus at the same time and then also I have paparazzi jewelry in my office. That's the $5 jewelry, lead and nickel free. Beautiful jewelry. People love it. I try to stay out of my own stash. But, and then of course at the office we have the foot spa, which is diabetic friendly, which means there's no cutting of any sort unless it's done by me or the other podiatrist in the office, Dr. Ruffin. And that's where people come in, they get soaked, they get massaged, they get scrubbed with a pumice stone scrub, pumice stone in a private room done by medical assistants with the with music and a massage chair. Now, for those Dr. Richmond that may not know what the pumice stone is, can you share that? It's something, I call it like a lava rock. You've seen it in the foot section. They, they're the gray pieces of material. It looks like, like a lava rock. It's a, like almost like a brick, but it has holes all throughout it. And you use that on your feet after you've taken a bath and you just go over it lightly and whatever loose skin is there or it helps to get the skin down and I always tell my diabetics my diabetics my dialysis patients my high-risk patients my patients on blood thinners no cheese graters no knives no <laughs> no blades you know if you feel like you got to get at your calluses pumice stone that's the most the safest thing you could do or like if you could get like the well it really wouldn't work probably in your tub uh, when i'm trying to talk to so they can buy the pumice stone from you yeah we sell them in the office but you can buy them anywhere dollar store dollar tree it just go to your foot section of any store and they sell pumice stones but we do sell them in the office for $2 in the office as well. And they're much better than those blades and knives. Well, and much safer. Safer. Okay. Safer. Because my patients, when I'm trimming their calluses, tell me, can I have one of them blades? I said, baby, this is the same thing we use in the OR. Yes, I, I can disarticulate your foot from your body with this blade. Right. No, you can't have this blade. You can use a pumice stone and no cheese graters at your house. <laughs> <laughs> so they love the cheese graters. So you not only treat, you educate. Oh, you have to educate. Yeah. And and I noticed one of my patients who had left for a while and then came back and he was like, I missed your posters in your office. And I said, you really? He said, yes, because I, I learned so much. And my thing is all about knowledge and education and, and empowerment. I want to empower you to take care of yourself. Like when I talk to patients, especially now we're coming into the, the summer season, I actually have a deep freezer, a deep freezer, a refrigerator, everything in my office because I'm diabetic. And in the winter months, I mean, summer months, I buy like all kind of sugar-free treats for myself. And lots of times if I'm having a discussion with one of my diabetics about snacks that are healthy and tasty, 
I may go get them or I'll give them like one of my sugar-free drinks or a piece of sugar-free candy or the sugar-free um, chocolate bars because they don't, they really think it's nasty. And I'm like, you have to learn how to change your whole lifestyle. I mean, I've been diabetic now 20 years and everything still works on me. You know, I can see my kidneys work. I got all my uh, feet, all my toes, you know. But, I mean, I had to make a conscious decision to make a lifestyle change. Just and you like, don't have to deprive yourself from those things that you like. No, you but... Eat something different. Well, you just have to... Like, I ran out of cream. And I had to make a conscious decision to go to the grocery store to get my sugar-free cream. And, it, and it's not a major thing, but, I mean, if I add that regular cream every day to my coffee is slowly going to make my sugar spike. So I rather get my sugar-free cream and maybe have a piece of candy later versus losing my free carbs to something I can control. So it's all about swapping and learning carbs and learning how to live. And I always tell patients your best place, your best free university is YouTube University. You can go on there and watch videos about anything to people talking about diabetes, how to cook. I'm sure there's cooking classes. I mean, it's all kind of information. And of course, your libraries, the libraries, you can get books on diabetes, how to eat. And, and it's, it's, diabetes is such a, it's a complicated disease very complicated and it, and it takes a long time at the initial diagnosis of diabetes first to even accept you have it and then to learn how to live with it how to educate your family and your friends and how you deal with it because it's a lot of emotional part of being a diabetic it's a lot of physical part and it's a lot of knowledge you have to personally learn and you can't blame your doctor for everything you have to learn how to eat right and take care of yourself. That's great knowledge, Dr. Richmond. And I know that is a challenge for a lot of people, any kind of diagnosis. But we do hear how complicated diabetes is and how difficult it can be on the onset. But if you educate yourself, like you said, and be intentional about doing what's yeah. right and what makes the most sense for you, you know, everyone is individualized when it comes to these situations. You're, your outcome will be so much better and you can continue to enjoy life as you do. Yes. I mean, you like the other day I was at one of my favorite places, <laughs> Cheesecake Factory. They have a skinny menu. They have skinny mojitos, <laughs> which means they're lower carb, right. but you still get the mojito taste. And so, you know, but you but you have to look for certain things. You have to. Look, like yesterday I was buying my, some syrup and I was looking and they had low sugar syrup or they had sugar-free syrup. And I don't really eat a lot of pancakes, but if I decide I want a pancake, I need to have my sugar-free or my low sugar versus regular sugar. Because, I mean, you're, you're eating a pancake, which is sure, straight carbohydrates because that's flour. And then you're adding sugar on top. So you're going to spike. So... You know, as a conscious person, I'm like, well, let me get me my sugar-free syrup. Now, if I don't eat it before he eats his, he will use mine, <laughs> my boyfriend. But still, it's there for me. Right, right. So it's an option there. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to suffer through migraine after eating some pancakes with well, regular syrup. 
help some of those individuals out there, Dr. Richmond, that struggle with, well, it doesn't taste the same. Well, you know, you got to make a decision. Am I going to deal with some different taste or am I going to deal with going blind? I'm going to deal with going on dialysis. And that's reality. Or I'm going to deal with sitting my leg cut off. Am I going to deal with having a stroke in my 40s or a heart attack in my 40s? If if, if I'm a man, am I going to deal with some impotence? Because <laughs> diabetes, it damages the nerves and the blood vessels. So in the men, it does damage the nerves and the blood vessels and the penis where it will not work. So they will no longer stand. It will, yes, they become impotent. Mm-hmm. And then for them to get the little machine <laughs> to fix the implant, to fix the impotence, their A1Cs usually have to be less than seven before they will even talk to them about surgery. I see. So, you know, you have to say, okay, I'm going to try this this sweetener and try different taste so I can live longer with a better quality of life. And I think as a podiatrist, I see the end stage of everything. Because most people who when they come to me with chronic stuff, they're coming to me at the end. They're coming to me after they've lost a limb or they're coming to me with five toes and half a foot or they're coming to me after they've been on dialysis or now they're on blood thinners. Something has happened. They're on blood thinners or they're I mean, it's it's usually I, I would say half my practice are healthy people with minor things like athletes, foot, toenail fungus, heel pain. Then the other half is people with chronic conditions. And so I see, especially in the African-American community with the dialysis, it is it, sad because when I see someone on dialysis, I know that's preventable. Because usually dialysis is caused usually by like uncontrolled high blood pressure, uncontrolled diabetes. These are all things that can be controlled. I mean, I've been I have high blood pressure, too, and I take my blood pressure pills daily because I'm scared of having a stroke, a heart attack or blowing my kidneys and ending up on dialysis. I don't I don't want that. And so, you know, seeing it every day. It's a constant reminder. And that's I think that's why I'm so aggressive with my patients, because I want to impart to them that this is it's not like monopoly. It's not a direct go to amputation, dialysis, death, heart attack, stroke. It's not a guarantee. All of this is preventable. And and with healthcare, you know, now, especially in Ohio, since they expanded, everyone pretty much in Ohio should have health insurance now. You all have access, but you just have to go out there and go to the doctor and follow what the doctor says. Not your cousin, Boo Boo and Bebe. <laughs> but Boo Boo and Bebe helped me last time. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> but you're very serious about that. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, they... You know, there's so many home remedies. They'll come in with well, Dr. Richmond. You heard about the onions and the vinegar? I'm like, no. <laughs> Did it work? No. Well, you, you're here now, so it must not have worked. Or, you know, the cherry juice and the gout. I said, from what I've read, you need to drink a couple gallons of cherry juice. It's much easier just to get a prescription. <laughs> to control your gout attack and then educate you on the gout diet and you start learning what causes your gout flares and you stay away from those foods or you have your gout medicine ready for when you decide you have to have 
those things. You know, and it's, it's interesting that you would mention gout because one of the questions that came across, uh, we get a lot, a lot of information from guests or, or from callers and people in the community got, that are concerned about different things when you get ready to come on. How, what can you eat to prevent or what should you stay away from, actually, to prevent yourself from getting gout? Protein, alcohol. So, so gout is, so when we break down, so when we eat food, we break it down to little parts. So protein and alcohol breaks down into sometimes something called uric acid. So in a gout person, they make too much uric acid. Their body doesn't know how to, I guess, filter it out. So the body, so this uric acid turns into little crystals and it likes to go hang out in your joints, your most distal joints, which means it likes to hang out in your big toe joint. It likes to hang out in your elbow joint, sometimes your hands. But the most favorite part of your body, those crystals like to hang out for some reason is the big toes, your big toe. (laughs) And so when they go down there and hang out, your white blood cells come around, they're like, ooh, what is this? I don't recognize this. So your white blood cells attack the little crystals and your body makes a reaction like an infection. So that's why you get the red, hot, swollen, painful foot. Because the right, the red, the, your white blood cells are releasing hormones. And then the gout medicine calms all that down. And then it helps your body to calm down the white blood cells and then also calm down the reaction. And then so for gout patients, when I have a conversation with a gout patient, I will say, what did you eat before you had this gout attack? Every single time they could tell me, oh, yeah, I had a T-bone steak, (laughs) a six pack. Oh, I like that red wine. I had some red wine. (laughs) And then I said, well, see, if you know this irritates your gout and you have gout medication, Because usually my gout patients, they have gout meds on standby (laughs) because they know what's going to cause the flare and they know when the flare is starting. So the gout medication, you can take it preemptively to prep or when you know it's about to start, you take your gout meds and it'll help you shorten that time of pain and swelling. And but it's more of a lifestyle change and it's more just knowing your body because most people know what causes their gout attacks. They know if I go to this place and eat all this steak and chicken and shrimp, I'm going to have a gout attack the next day. Regardless. Regardless. But they know their bodies. It's just they still do it. (laughs) Another question that came up was I wanted you to talk a little bit about hammer toes. Oh, hammer toes. I haven't talked about those in a while. So hammer toes, so you... Okay, you have normal flat toes. So, hammer toes... And excuse me one second. As you're explaining that, would you please emphasize it has nothing to do with MC Hammer? <laughs> well, it could. <laughs> but, so, hammer toes generally are caused by two things, genetics and shoe gear. So, if your parents have hammer toes, bunions corns, calluses, you can, you will be predisposed to get hammer toes and bunions. And that's just where, so your toes are normally, I would say straight, a hammer toe, the toes contract. 
And lots of times that happens over time because you're wearing the wrong shoes. You're wearing shoes that are too tight. Um, and over time, your feet will mold to the shoe. So the shoe, so basically the bones of your body are malleable. So if you put you in any position chronically, your body will mold to it. So usually you see really bad hammer toes in women who wear high heel shoes, narrow shoes, people who wear shoes that are like a smaller, um, too small of a toe box. So you're wearing those narrow pointy shoes and say your feet are wide, but you're squeezing your toes into a narrow shoe. Your body over time will mold to that shoe. So hammer toes can cause things like corns, calluses. Um, corns and calluses are pretty much the same thing. It's just how you call it. So, a corner callus will be caused by anywhere you have chronic pressure. So the body over time will make a callus to protect itself. So, and then the problem with a diabetic's foot, they don't feel the pain from the pressure of the callus, or they don't feel the pain of a constant rubbing of the callus. And then lots of times my diabetics will come in where they form like a blood blister where that pressure is, or if they have calluses on their feet and you see like darkness or redness, different colors of the callus deep underneath the callus, that also could be a sign to me that there could be an ulcer underneath. And usually it is. So for a diabetic, the reason that we always want to give a diabetic diabetic shoes is because diabetic shoes are wider, they're deeper, and then the inserts that come with the diabetic shoe prevent calluses and also then would prevent the ulcerations and rubbing. So the way you treat hammer toes, if you want them treated, is surgery. The hammer toe splints that you see on the TV and things like that do not work. The only way they would work, any kind of splinting, will only work in a child. And that's when we talk about what we do like, which I don't do, but some pediatricians do or pediatric orth orthopods or some podiatrists, we can cast a child's feet, say if they have club foot or what we call metaductus where the toes go in, they can be casted as a child. But after the age of 18, your bones are stiff. So you can't straighten your toes like with the bunion splints or the hammer toe splints. They will hold the toe in position as long as the splint is on the toe. But once you take the splint off, the toe just pops back into its original place. So if you were wanting to get your hammer toes corrected, then you're off your foot four to six weeks. You have to be put to sleep. You have to, this is always done in an OR. And then what they do is actually make cuts at the tops of the toes, release the actual joint, and then put a K wire down the toe. The K wire has to stay in the toe, usually the four to six weeks until the bone heals. And then after the four to six weeks, the K wires are removed. So I always tell patients if they want to have that kind of surgery, plan to be off your foot for four to six weeks. You know, look at your job. Can you be off that long? Can you sit um, at your job and still work? And then also you have to look at where you live in your house. Do you live on a one level or do you live on a bi-level or tri-level? You know, you have to realize you won't be able to get around your house 
the same way as well. So that's another thing you need to consider um, when you do have foot surgery. And then, of course, foot surgery is painful. You know, they do give pain medications afterwards. But that's another thing you need to think about. It's, it's not as minor as getting your teeth pulled. Foot surgery is major surgery. And then, of course, bunions, which is the bone on the outside of the foot, that's sticking out, rubbing in your shoes. And then it's the same way as if you did want surgery for the bunion. It's to four to six weeks off your feet. You do still need to be put to sleep. There's actually cuts made into the bone. The bone is actually shifted over. Screws and hardware is placed in the foot. And then the foot is sewed back together. So people have to understand, you know, things you can't buy things off of Amazon and fix your feet. But the biggest thing I also tell my patients, if you do have shoes that are rubbing your skin and your feet, you always need to switch from leather to a soft shoe that won't rub your bunions and your calluses and your hammer toes. Oh, it looks like we have a caller on the line. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Johnson, caller from Sunny, Texas. Ah, what's the temperature down there? Well, it's not that time. How about five seventy-six? Oh, y'all are cool. I think we've got your today. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you calling in for today, Doctor Johnson? Well, I was calling in about a book club, which is June thirteenth. Okay. Discuss Dr. Karen Townsend's book. It all started when I stopped using lotion. Basically, it's about women balancing their work life, their home life, children, and being able to have some balance in your life to where you're not just going crazy and forgetting about yourself. Oh, okay. That's that sounds like a good book. Um, be part of the book club. How do they do that? www.bookclubpublishing.com of the book club and be uh, spotlighted through the website and the book club. How would they reach out to you? Again, you go on to the website www.bookclubpublishing.com. It's a section just for authors. They can submit through there their book and that they would like to have a discussion and we could go back and forth and set that up. We also do interviews with authors and you were also mentioning you're going to start trying to do cooking. Did you, you also want to invite some yes. chefs? Experiences with chefs. So basically the chef can have you doing it for about an hour and they can have everybody cook along and cook with the chef. So they're cooking experiences that are virtual. So you get to know the chef, you get to know some of the foods, we do an interview with the chef, so it highlights him and or her and the foods that they like to cook and what inspires them also. We're all about authors and chefs. 
Okay. So, Dr. Johnson, you're a podiatrist as well, and I was just talking to the DJ about different foot issues that's been I've experienced this week. Have you experienced anything where you practice unusual or something you think the listeners might want to hear about? So, I would say this week I've seen a lot of uh, diabetic foot ulcers down here, patients of starting to wear heels, so they're starting to put on different shoes than what they're normally wearing because we've been in enclosed shoes. So people are starting to change their shoe gear. Your shoe gear, sometimes you can have rubbing, irritation, you can have calluses, you walking, you're on your feet more. Everybody's trying to promote more better health, get their A1C down, people are walking outside. The calluses, the skin breaks down underneath and they're starting to do ulcers and pre So. In my clinic, I've been dealing with a lot of wounds and pre-ulcers. Oh, okay. So I know in, down here, we, well, actually up here, I always advise them to stay away from leather, wear softer shoes so it doesn't rub their lumps and bumps, and then also wear their diabetic shoes. I know you're down in Texas. Do you have a lot of problems with them wearing cowboy boots versus wearing their diabetic shoes? Cowboy boots, they love to wear the cowboy boots. A lot of people feel so there's a lot of um, industry jobs down here, and a lot of people work in construction, so a lot of people wear steel toes. And the biggest problem I see with the cowboy boots are the more narrow, and basically they're narrow in the front and they start to rub, and the patients get blisters, calluses, and corns. But we have some companies down here that make this liner. Oh, wow. I might have to get me a pair. (laughs) I may have to get me a pair one day. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Again, what's the website? www.bookhubpublishing.com And on Facebook, is that the same? On Facebook, it's actually a book club, so it's at a good read book club. And on Instagram, it's at a good read book club. And on LinkedIn, you can also get in contact with us on LinkedIn with a good read book club. Okay. Well, I will well, make sure you post it to my pages, you know, the Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic. And that's, it's the same across all platforms. And so people, if they're interested in marketing their books or if there are chefs out there that want to market their cooking styles and, and, and women who just or men who want to learn and read books and have people to discuss books, please join because I'm also a member and I'm actually working on some reading some books now myself, trying to get more books for us to discuss with the book club. So thank you so much today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day up there. All right. Stay cool in Texas. That's great. That's great, Dr. Richmond. And I know you've been a part of that book club for a while now. Yeah, I've been with it since she started it. I've been an avid reader all my life. I don't read as much, but I now use, I listen to books on tape. The audible. Yeah, I like the books on tape and I listen in my car, listen at work. It's very relaxing. That's <laughs> awesome. Let you go to different places without, without physically going. And it's good for the mind. Yes, and 
Speaking of the mind, I have been talking a lot to my older patients because I, I know a lot of my patients still are very isolated. They're not really going out as much. And I've really been trying to talk, giving them all hobbies. <laughs> and, you know, I used to do crochet with my grandmother. She actually taught me how to crochet. But I always talk to my older patients and ask them, are, you know, what are you doing when you get home? I mean, do you have hobbies? Are you knitting? Are you crocheting? Are you sewing? Are you doing puzzles? You know, because I mean, having patients that are older, because I have patients that are from zero to 100. I have a 90, I think he's 92, 93 years old, and he is spry and spunky. And he always says he talks too much. I said, keep talking, because I have people in their 80s and 70s who are having dementia and they can't talk or they're they're confused. And I and I always tell him how blessed he is. Because I always ask him, who's the president? <laughs> and he'll go off on a tangent. I said, well, you're doing great. <laughs> he'll, awesome. he'll start fussing or telling me a story or telling me about something from his childhood. And, and, as, as, and as I've seen patients over the year, you know, pass on from dementia, I always try to impart, especially now with everyone's still kind of scared to come out. You know, when you're at home, especially if you live alone, try to find a hobby, find something to keep your mind active, because literally you will just, you, I mean, you, you may develop dementia or you could just develop depression. But I mean, keeping your mind active, reading and outside of just watching TV all day, like playing games, all the different video games they have on our phones and all that. It just keeps your mind healthy, your brain healthy. That's awesome. And thanks for sharing that information and actually having her on about the book club. I know we may not be able to get to all of the questions, but someone wanted to know how, how you handle the different pains that you get in your feet that are relative to your diet. And you talked a little bit about that, but they specifically wanted to know your take and your advice about planner. I can't say that. Fasciitis. Yeah, that fashion, that fashion looking word. Planner, what was that? Fasciitis. Fasciitis. Or heel pain. Heel or pain. bone spurs. All right. Let's talk about those <laughs> bone spurs for those people out there. We got a couple questions about that. Uh, so plantar fasciitis is inflammation of the plantar fascia. So that's a band of tissue. It attaches to your heel bone and it attaches to the bottom of your toes. Is that a small bone? No, that's one of the biggest bones in your foot. Because okay. it, it absorbs the the pressure and the, you know, when you hit the ground. So it's one of the biggest, yeah, it might be the biggest bone in your foot. Your, it's called your calcaneus, your heel bone. So what happens is that tissue that attaches on the heel bone, right where you have the heel spur, gets inflamed, it gets tired. And then the body recognizing the inflammation of the tissue makes the little spurs. Then that's just a little piece of bone growing off your heel bone. And lots of times to explain it to people, they just say, oh, you got heel spurs. But really, that's not the cause. It's more of a symptom of the problem. So the problem is all that tissue is inflamed. So the mainstay of treatment in my office is first we get x-rays. So first thing, I want to look at the bone. I want to make sure that pain is not coming from a fracture. It's not coming from cancer or something abnormal with the bone. And then the next thing I want to do is get you some orthotics or inserts. 
So orthotics are things we put in your shoes that supports the tissue in the bottom of the arch. Usually that calms it down because basically it's kind of like when you're tired, you got to take a nap or take a break or relax, regroup. Well, the orthotic going into the shoe helps the foot to regroup and it it take and it gives and you have to realize that little band of tissue which is I wouldn't even say maybe half an inch thick thick supports our body weight. So as we gain weight, <laughs> as we become more active or say like you decide you want to go you haven't been to the mall all year and then you decide you're going to the mall of America and you decide you're gonna wear flip flops. <laughs> You probably gonna walk out with some heel pain because you've overused that tissue and then you've used it on the level it hasn't been used in probably a year. And then so lots of times I start off with that. So if a patient tells me their pain is 10 out of 10 or they can't walk or they can't do anything, then we discuss the heel pain injections. So that's an injection of lidocaine and a steroid. The lidocaine makes you go numb immediately. The steroid calms down the inflammation over time. And I inject that right where it hurts. I actually hand you a pen and tell you to mark where it hurts. So I go right to where the pain is. And we usually can do those about every one a, one a month or one every six weeks. And we try to max out at three of those because you don't really want people to be chronically doing steroids. And then the next thing we can also do is we can tape the foot like athletic tape. You see the athletes are all taped up. We can tape your foot. We can get you something called a night splint. And that's where it, you put your foot in it and you watch TV, I say like 30 minutes, and it actually will stretch it stretch the tissue for you. And then, of course, if you can't do that, I can always send you out to physical therapy. And then if all of that fails, that's when we talk about surgery, where they actually go in and cut the plantar fascia off the bone. You have to be put to sleep. And generally, if you have that done, you have to wear orthotics for the rest of your life because we've cut the tissue that supports the arch. Do you find, Dr. Richmond, that plantar fasciitis is something that's very common in those that love to run or exercise often? Mm, no, not really. It's more people that are out of shape. Because I really don't see a lot of runners. Take care of their feet. Well, lots of time runners change their shoes a lot. And they're, and they're more athletic and they're more in shape. So usually, How often should we change our gym shoes? Well, it's more the wear of the shoe. So say you are a runner, you probably have to change your shoes probably every three to six months. But say someone that's maybe a walker that walks a few blocks a month, they might change their shoes once a year. It all depends on your activity level and the wear of the shoe. So say you don't have a car and you have to walk more, you're going to change your shoes more versus someone who rarely walks. And then also it's just, you know, so like I say, if you're getting a lot of athlete's foot or your shoes are getting wet a lot, then you you may need to change your shoes more often. And then, of course, spray all your shoes with Lysol because it'll kill the fungus that lives in your shoes. But it's more just the wear and tear of the shoe. If your shoes are in good shape and the, the soles are not worn out, I wouldn't say you necessarily have to replace them. Interesting. And what about shin splints? That's from runners usually. So that's where the front of the leg, you have a bone that's right. If you rubbed your 
your front of your leg, you'll feel a bone. That's where the tissue or the muscles that attach there, they get inflamed. Usually it's from runners running on irregular terrain or new terrain. So say, say you go from running flat to running at an angle, you may inflame the muscles in your legs. Mm -hmm. Or say you, you walk and you're normally flat and you change it. Or you, instead of walking in Ohio, you want to go to Tennessee and go to for a hike. You 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 probably you could develop shin splints. Okay. Because you're using muscles that aren't normally used. Now, when we walk, when when anyone walks, how should we be walking? Heel to toe, or well, you're gonna walk naturally. You should. Now, it's generally. Your, your gait will change if you are in pain. So our body will split ourselves. Because, well, I'm sure other podiatrists probably do and orthopedic people do. We tend to watch people walk and try to figure out what's wrong with them. And lots of times you can figure it out by watching their hips, watching their knees, or watching their back. Or, or even we can watch the way you swing your arms. So lots of times... You're always going to be heel to toe, but say you have a callus or say you have a pain in your foot or you stepped on something, your body will naturally splint. So you will change your gait. Your body will do it. And then that can cause problems over time. Like say, say you have a callus and you're trying to protect your foot by not putting pressure on that callus. You'll change the way you walk, which may give you back pain, hip pain, knee pain. And then you'll change over time, and then it just kind of moves this way up. You can go as far as having jaw pain, headaches, because it's just like your foundation of your house. If it's off, things just start happening. You know, typically, almost every show, at the end of the show, you always tell us to take care of our feet. Because we only have two. We really yes. do. And <laughs> so, in saying that, after we shower or bathe, should we use lotion? Should we use Vaseline? What do you recommend? Whatever works, realistically. I know patients are like, well, I use that daddy, that diabetic, da 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 and I'm like, your feet are still ashy. <laughs> so you, you need something stronger. Or it may be a health problem. Like a so is the, intent, is the intent to get rid of the ash? Well, you want to moisturize the skin. So our skin should be moisturized. That's yes, it should okay. be supple. But I mean, depending on the reason why, like if you're a dialysis patient, I had one the other day and he's like, I can't, I didn't know he was on dialysis. I said, well, what, what health problems do you have? He said, oh, I'm on dialysis. I said, that's why you're dry. Dialysis dries you out. So he's got to figure out what he can use to keep his skin supple. But it's, but then, you know, you in those cases, I talk to patients more like Vaseline, more like heavy lotions. And you're not being funny. You're serious. Oh, no, I'm very, <laughs> very serious. I mean, it's nothing to be funny about because breaks in the skin like fissures can lead to infection, which can lead to amputation. So, I mean, any break in the skin can lead to an infection. So my goal is for your skin to stay supple. And then, of course, if it's chronically dry, then you may start to scratch and then you're going to lead to more breaks and then possibly more infections and other problems. So, yeah, so healthy skin keeps you safe. And in diabetics, 
they, I mean, you kind of have to figure out what keeps my skin safe. So if you got to use some Vaseline and mix some oils and get some coconut oil and some aloe vera and mix it up and rub it on your feet and your feet are beautiful, keep doing it. But if you can't find something, then you can come to me because it could be something beyond just dry skin. It could be athlete's foot. It could be it's something called venous stasis. That's in people with the really big legs and their legs are turning color. That's a totally different skin problem. Or it could be a rash. I mean, it could be so many different things that I physically have to see and say, okay, let's do this. Let's try this or this. or. And lots of times I tell patients, I actually had a patient lift up his shirt, show me his stomach. I'm like, did you change the detergent that you use? And he's like, oh, yeah, I did this real cheap detergent. I said, you can't use it. Your body, you got to go to sensitive or baby detergent, Dove. You have to use things that are for sensitive skin. Like my skin is super sensitive. I can't use certain brands at all. I've tried it. Every time I try it, I get a rash. And I just cannot use it. And I had to admit to myself, <laughs> I cannot use certain products. It's going to give me a rash. But you have to just learn your skin. And then if you find products that don't cause a problem, stick with them. Because you'll switch to a different brand of lotion, detergent, body wash, and then you have a whole nother problem. Dr. Richmond, help your patients out there and those potential patients that you may have, why it's important for you to understand their whole medical history when you're just dealing with the feet. <laughs> because your feet are attached to your body. Mm -hmm. They are not an independent organ. And it, it's funny. Well, uh, not, why do you need to know I'm on dialysis or I'm a cancer patient? Because it causes so many problems. Like say you're a cancer patient you could have neuropathy because neuropathy is caused by chemo drugs. So that's relevant for me to know that you have numbness, tingling, burning, and why you have it versus if you're diabetic, because we can, if you're diabetic, I can talk to you about your blood sugars and say, every time you go over a hundred, you're damaging your nerves. So no matter what I give you, if you're hovering constantly in the three to 400 range we cannot control your neuropathy. You got to get your sugars down. Or we got to send you to someone that's going to block it from your back. <laughs> and that's injections, spinal stimulators, and other things that can only control your neuropathy because it's so uncontrolled by your diabetes. So that's why I have to know your history. Or like I may need to know you're in congestive heart failure because you'll come in complaining that you have swelling. And they won't go away. And I'll say, well, what's wrong? Is anything wrong with your kidney, heart, or liver? And they'll say, well, I'm in renal. I'm on dialysis and I have congestive heart failure. Well, you're always going to swell. And you can't wear compression stockings unless your cardiologist told you you can. <laughs> so that's why I have to know your history. Because I need to know where the problem that presents in your foot, where it's coming from. And, and lots of times, once I explain to them, you know, your congestive heart failure, you're going to always swell because your heart can't pump the fluid out. Then they're like, oh, okay. And they can accept they will always swell. But then we have to talk about ways that safely can help them with the swelling. Are there particular fruits and or vegetables? And we know we should be eating them all, but are there particular uh, fruits and vegetables that are particularly good for the feet? Well, 
I wouldn't. I would just say eating healthy, period, is good for the feet. Living a healthy lifestyle. If you're diabetic, following your diabetic lifestyle. If you have high blood pressure, staying away from a lot of salt. Because, you know, you eat salt, you're going to swell. It's it's something that's just going to happen. If you have gout, following your gout diet. You know if you eat your ham hock and drink some wine and beer, you're going to have a gout attack. So it's kind of like, it's a holistic thing. You just have to holistically take care of yourself. And a lot of people, I always hear patients blaming the doctor or say, well, they won't get my diabetes under control. No, (laughs) boo-boo. It's your diabetes. It's not mine. (laughs) I don't control what you eat. You have to control what you eat. And you have to understand what you eat. And you have to take the time and learn about your diabetes or learn like if you go on dialysis there's certain things then you cannot eat you have to learn these things and you have to i said just acknowledge and accept the disease and then decide if you're going to conquer your disease or you're going to live with your disease and not let the disease like especially diabetes take you out and when you say take you out doc you mean kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> because i mean i see it every day diabetes is it's deadlier than cancer i mean i had two patients die back to back see i think one well no maybe and it wasn't COVID. it was diabetes it was complications of diabetes i think one had a massive heart attack the other one probably had a massive heart attack in their 50s black men and it's it's sad, you know, especially when you you saw a patient a week ago, a month ago, you talked about nothing. But and then you you send out a reminder call and the family member calls and tells you they've passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and what they passed from was something preventable. It wasn't something, you know, wasn't like COVID or a car wreck. It was because they would not control their diabetes. There were a couple of questions relative to AFib and its relation to the feet and vice versa. Well, AFib, the only thing I think with AFib, AFib increases your chances of having throwing clots, which may eventually probably end up in your brain giving you a stroke. So if you have a stroke, and depending on where the stroke is, you can have you you notice how you'll see people walking and they're dragging their feet. And that's something called drop foot. So they would have to then. Well, first, you have to go through a lot of rehabilitation. And then if the nerves that innervate the muscles that make your foot actually when you walk, you're supposed to swing your foot up so it can clear the ground. There's something we can order you. It's called an AFO brace. And it will actually help you swing so you don't stumble, you don't fall. And then, of course, you, if depending on how much stability you have, you may need things like walkers, uh, canes to help you. And that's one thing I always fuss with, with my older patients. I always tell them, if you are starting to fall, go on ahead and get these things to help you. Because once you break a uh, hip, knee, you may not come back from it. A lot of people die after breaking hips and knees, they never recover. 
And those are major, major injuries once you get older. And if you can prevent that with a cane or a walker, I always talk to them about let me prescribe you something. And then even let someone come into your home and check your home to prevent you from having falls. I see. So, Doc, we're at the part of the show, which is a lot of people's favorite, <laughs> for you to go from one end of your your store to the other and share all of the wonderful things that you have. And I must tell you, for those that are interested in still getting masks, she will tell you about a week and a half ago, I had a very difficult time uh, because before I knew it, I had seven masks in my hand. I'm thinking, okay, Sophia, your goal was to come in here and get three. So you have a lot of wonderful masks and very unique masks. And, and honestly, they're great gifts, great gift ideas. So share with us what we can expect or see in your store. Oh, well, let's see. I have probably your, your boutique. <laughs> Well, I probably have over 200 different types of masks now. Everything from Black Lives Matter, George Floyd Matters, to Diva, Boss, King. I have sports teams, the cartoon characters for the kids. And then if you go over to the store, we have we have all kind of hermitoe pads, bunion pads. We have lotions for dry skin. We have the tea tree oil soaps. If you want to soak your feet at home, pumice stones for your calluses. We have the antifungal toenail polish. So that's if you want to paint your nails and treat your toenail fungus or even paint your nails and prevent toenail fungus. We sell that. We also have jewelry in the store as well, men and women. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies with all different types of styles. And then they can be made custom. I can customize shirts, hoodies, jackets as well. And then also, as far as things we offer in the office, we do offer x-ray on site. So you can get x-rays that be read within minutes. We offer a new modality. It's called ARP Neurotherapy. And that treats any form of pain, neuropathy pain, tendonitis, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. It's covered by most insurances. If it's not covered, well, it's not covered by most Medicare or private pay plans. It's, if it's not covered, it's $40 a treatment. And we do offer package deals with that. We do do vascular studies in the office so we can check your blood flow in your legs. So if you're having a lot of cramping, your feet are cold, there's no hair on your legs, your skin stays chronically dry. And and if you, especially if you're a smoker and or diabetic, that is a test you should get done because it can ultimately prevent you from having amputations. And then of course, the lovely foot spa we have in the office. That's where you go to a private room. You get your feet soaked, scrubbed. The upper room. Massaged. (laughs) And that's $20. It's not covered by your insurance. But most patients actually do that with their visit. So they'll come in 30 minutes earlier, do the spa, and then me or Dr. Ruffin will come in and treat your feet for you. Or you, you, and you do not have to be a patient to do the spa as well. And it's also on Groupon. So... But that's another treat, especially now that we're in the summer months and people are starting to pay attention to their feet again. <laughs> and you want to pay attention to your feet. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Or they will send you signals <laughs> letting you know you're neglecting them. <laughs> <laughs> no neglect here. Yes. Management. 
It is really hard to believe that we have come to the close of this hour, the edition of Footsteps for Life, and we're so happy that you're always with us on the 4th Saturday of the month, and it's hard to believe this month is really May, but we're going to be in June when you come back to see us next month. We'll be back on June the 26th. Okay. June the 26th. Okay. June the 26th. That's our fourth Saturday of the month. So okay. any closing comments, suggestions, <laughs> recommendations you want to leave with our listening audience? Just take care of your feet. You only have two. Don't neglect them. Don't ignore them. And like I tell my diabetics, if you wake up and they don't match, they're not the same size, shape, color, or smell, you give me a call. Give her a call. That's 937-228-3668. <laughs> 937-228-3668. You can also visit Dr. Richmond's website at richfeet.org. Don't forget about her uh, boutique as well, Richfeet Boutique. Dot com, richfeedboutique.com, <laughs> and email her. Write it down. Here we go. Richfeed1 at gmail.com. That's richfeed, the number one, at gmail.com. And we know what you all always do. You don't get a chance to write it down, so you call us here. Our number here is 937-222-WDAO. That's 222-9326. Dr. Richmond, is always yes. a pleasure. Yes. Pleasure, and thank you so very much for everything that you share with us and our listening audience. And we'll look forward to having you back for Footsteps for Life next month. And you can listen to pre-tape shows on my Spotify. Spotify, it is Rich Feet Podcast. Rich Feet Podcast. How nice. Congratulations <laughs> on that. You're awesome. All Dr. right. Richmond, have an awesome day today. We know that you continue working even on a Saturday. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Enjoy. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You all enjoy this beautiful day. We hope you enjoyed today's show with Dr. Richmond, sponsored by the Richmond Foot and Ankle Clinic. The clinic is located at 1323 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio, zip code 45402. To book an appointment, call 937-228-3668, or you can learn more at richfeet.org.